are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, and I'm really excited for this show. There was a lot of news breaking yesterday around Doc Rivers being let go by the Los Angeles Clippers. We are going to talk about him today, and I might need to stretch this into tomorrow because I have a lot of thoughts on this. So basically my plan here is I'm going to try and get it all in, but I think this is such an interesting debate, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about Doc Rivers as a head coach out there. And I'm not saying the Pelicans should hire him or he'd be number one on my list or anything like that. There are just some misconceptions that I want to clear up. And I think he is a pretty good dude. So I'm going to go as far as I can in this by breaking it up into three segments and fulfilling all of that stuff that we might need to stretch it into tomorrow because I don't want to shortchange either segment. We're going to first clear up. Uh, we're going to kind of set the, 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 the groundwork for this in the first segment. If that goes by quick, we'll jump into the next thing. We're going to talk about the good of Doc Rivers, the bad of Doc Rivers, kind of his history too, all of that stuff, because this is as big of a name on the coaching market that we've seen in a really, really long time. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So yes, the big news is Doc Rivers is out of Los Angeles and the Clippers. It's at, at times, both surprising and not surprising. They flamed out of the playoffs in the second round, blowing a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. And that is a black eye on him. And he said the blame should be put on him for that. And it was. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Eventually, someone's, you know, got to fall on the sword. And it seems like it was Doc Rivers here because are you really going to make Paul George or Kawhi Leonard fall on the sword? Probably not. Even though probably it, should, it, might, it maybe should have been Paul George after that series. So he is out, which is genuinely surprising because he's been there for seven years. And we'll get into that stuff in a minute. We'll get into that stuff in a minute. I want to start elsewhere that I think is more important for laying the foundation when talking about Doc Rivers, because I've heard a number of things and I've seen a number of things, and I think people misunderstand his importance. And I think this is one of the best leaders, if not the best leader in the NBA right now. So I'm going to break it down like this. I've seen people kind of get the concept of culture and identity confused. Culture, which everyone talks about with the Heat and other teams, the Nuggets, right? I don't think they get what that means. Culture is a, a way of life, the way you go about doing things. It, it, it's, it's almost in a way tough to describe, but it's not... An identity. Culture is the way of life. Here, I'm literally pulling it up. Culture is the way of life of a group of people. Social life happens to be structured in a particular way. The way you practice. Having accountability for when things go wrong or you're not living up to your best or being the best player. Standing up for your teammates. Doing what's right. All of that stuff is culture. Hard work is a culture. Identity means knowing who you are. A team that plays fast has an identity. A defensive team, that's an identity. A three-point shooting team, that's an identity. It's separate from culture. You can have an identity but not have a culture. When Alvin Gentry took the job as the Pelicans head coach, he installed speakers in the practice facility so that they could have music while they practiced. That's part of the culture, but that's not an identity of the team. 
You can have, uh, so I think it's, they're linked together, yes, but they're not the same thing. And I hope that makes sense to you all. When I look at Doc Rivers, I might not know what his identity of the teams that he coaches is. And that's okay because I actually don't think you should just have one. But I know what the culture is of the teams that he's coached. And I think that's a really big thing. Those are two separate things. And when you're trying to capture a culture, it's building that way of life and having it kind of take over and infect everything that you do. And the way you hold yourself and the way you think about things and go through this process. Doc Rivers does all of that. I'm a big believer in that. Go back to his tenure starting with the Clippers. And like I said, we're probably not going to be able to cover all of this like I want to today. He is going to a team that has had zero success in the NBA, right? Zero success basically ever. He comes in there and coaches there for seven years and makes the playoffs in six of the seven years that he's the head coach of the Clippers. He turned that franchise around. He did it while also having a questionable front office at times, which by the way was him. So he's somehow shooting himself in the foot and able to still have these results. His record with the Clippers, 356 wins and 208 losses. That's a 63.1 winning percentage. Every other guy we've mentioned, no one has won that high. That's a really big deal just to come into that aimless team with terrible, terrible ownership and not and be able to turn it around. That, to me, is unbelievable. Before he arrived there, this team had only made the playoffs nine times in 43 years. They made it six times in seven years there. And that one year that they didn't make it in, they weren't bad. They were close enough to the playoffs. And that's after they had gotten rid of Chris Paul and only had 33 games of Blake Griffin and were in contention till about the last week or so of the season. Right there, that does say something about his ability to get the most out of guys, getting buy-in from them. And now, as I said, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to get to all of this today. Let's go into the next segment because the Donald Sterling situation and everything that unfolded there and what's gone on now in the bubble with Doc Rivers, I think is incredibly telling to who he is as a leader and the culture that he wants to kind of bring to his team. So we'll get into that in the next segment. Before we get to all of that, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Basically, rockauto.com is for everybody. They don't require a membership. There's no account login. They're just there to give you auto parts and auto parts accessories at the cheapest price possible for everybody. Chain stores. If you're a mechanic, it's cheaper. If you're not a mechanic, it's more expensive for you. That sucks. You don't want to pay more money for the same parts. Why? Sometimes it's double, triple. It's not worth dealing with all of that. You've got a computer. You've got probably one in your pocket on your phone. And rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Just click on your make, your model, your year, and you're going to be able to quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You can choose the brand, specifications, and even prices. Yes, prices you you prefer. Because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And as we said, the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? They know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. 
Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles, incoming emails, you just got plenty on your to-do list. And give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is really easy. Just open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food's going to be left outside safely for you with contactless delivery. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, The Cheesecake Factory. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep the communities they operate in safe. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Again, don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. The only show here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team devoted exclusively to the NBA and the Pelicans here. It's a lot of fun. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So in the last segment, we talked about culture versus identity, and I think people get those two mixed up a whole lot. Frankly, I want a, a malleable identity. Yes, kind of find what works best for your team, but also be willing to throw that out the window if it's not going to work. And that's actually a bit of a problem that Doc Rivers had. We'll get into that when we talk about the battle of him, which is either going to be today or tomorrow. But first, more sort of of the good stuff. So we talked about how he just kind of has won wherever he is. He's actually the 11th winningest coach in NBA history and only needs three more victories to move into a tie for 10th place. Again, going to a team like the Clippers, that's been garbage before he got there. Even if he had good players and a talented roster, they'd had talent there before. They were never able to do it. And he kind of changed the perception and the culture around that organization to become a winning organization that really, really does say something, I think, about him. He's done it with star players. He's done it when he had kind of just a like uh, mismatch roster that kind of went fairly far to to some degree. And I think that's a lot of fun. And like, yeah, you didn't really see um, a ton of that um, before he was there. You know, last season when they didn't have any big name guys whatsoever and they still managed to kind of make the Golden State Warriors work in the first round of the playoffs. It's a great thing. So some of the other good with Doc Rivers goes back to the Donald Sterling situation. You guys don't need me to rehash that. At one point, though, in a playoff game, game four of their series against Golden State back in 2014, the Clippers were thinking about not playing. And it looked like their season just might collapse because this old dude was unbelievably racist and the league had to kick him out. That's how bad that that was. That's not an easy situation to navigate. And when I take, when I tell you that I think Doc Rivers is one of the best leaders of the NBA, I'm going to re- uh, talk about a story that he told Ernie Johnson on TNT earlier in the year. And here's the quote of him talking to Ernie Johnson when the Clippers were thinking about uh, boycotting their game. He goes, quote, I walk into the meeting and of course, none of the players had their shirts on, Rivers said, and they didn't want to hear me. I remember stopping and saying these words, guys, I want to remind you of something. My name is Glenn Rivers. I'm from Chicago and I'm black and I'm pissed and our owners are racist and I don't want to do anything for this man. But when I grew up and I had this dream of winning a world championship, Donald Sterling was never in that dream. And I'm not going to allow him to get in the way of something I've wanted since I was a child. He should have, he shouldn't have a part in this end quote. He then went on to say, let it not be um, that if the team decided not to play, let it not be because of this racist guy end quote. 
Team played, lost that series, but beat the Golden State Warriors in seven games in 2014. To navigate that situation and how, you know, any racially charged situation in the NBA is going to be very difficult to navigate and deal with. But to get your guys coming out of that when they were ready just to be like, screw this, we're done. Come out and play and then win the series, play well. That's a leader. That story, that quote right there of what he said to get his team to play is unbelievable to me. That's very powerful. Guys buy into that sort of thing. Getting buy-in is part of building a culture. And Doc Rivers absolutely has done that everywhere he's been. Even when you go back to his time in Orlando, when I didn't think he was a good head coach, those teams probably overachieved back in the early 2000s, winning over 40 games every single season that he was there until he was fired after a 1-10 start. That's bad. But that's pretty good, getting them into the playoffs three times in you know four and a quarter years. I think this guy, over time, and when he, he goes to Boston, and I didn't think he was a good head coach there, just a retread right in the NBA, wins a title his fourth year in Boston with that unbelievable super team of Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Rondo, Perkins was on that team. I'm probably, uh, Ray Allen, I'm just like, I knew I'm forgetting somebody. They win a title, uh, whatever, right? Like, it's a super team. One of the first ones we've seen like that in ever. Yeah, of course you should win the title. Gets them back to the Eastern, uh, the finals two years later where they lose to the Lakers. And then they don't really have quite the same success. Though, the year after that, he did get them to a game seven against the Miami Heat in order to go to the finals and came very, very close to making back again. I've started to realize, though, that when the dude just wins everywhere he goes... They're, they're doing something right. They're getting by and they're building a culture there. And I think with the Donald Sterling story, I said, there, there's a culture there. It's not one that you necessarily see because maybe his teams don't have the most cohesive identity, but there's a culture that he has built with his players for the most part, not every single year, let's say, but overall, that's pretty freaking good. Look at how he's handled the social justice moments here in the NBA, being at the forefront of this, one of the coaches who's talking to the media more than, you know, coaches talk more than players a lot of the time. To be able to handle that, the emotion in his voice, to feel the pain the players are feeling, relate to them with that, and be able to channel it into something constructive and still get them to go out and play, even if they blew a three-to-one three three lead in the, in the playoffs to the Denver Nuggets. That's building a culture that's relating, that's getting buy-in, all of that stuff matters in the NBA and he's done it now there's negatives too and we'll get to those in the next segment I think we're going to be able to fit this all in in the show so I don't know if you need much more than that to be like perfectly honest with you I don't know because of the negatives that we'll talk about and some of his tactical shortcomings at times at times not always if you're going to win an NBA, another NBA title with him as a coach. But frankly, how many coaches are available that you can get to the team that's won an NBA title or even just made the NBA finals, right? Don't discount that pedigree of it too. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that that would win a title with, with Zion and Ingram. And frankly, I'd bet against it given what we saw from him in the playoffs this past season. But you've still got to get into the playoffs in the first place. And you've got to advance a couple of rounds in the playoffs too. I think he's a guy that can do that. In fact, I know he's a guy that can do that. And if you want a dude who's just straight up a leader of men, as corny and cliched as that is, everything I've told you about Doc Rivers proves that he is that guy. And I don't think there's a better leader in the NBA than him. That's not a bad next step to have. Guy will win you a title? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not, to be perfectly honest. 
but to get you t- closer to that, for you then to find the right person to help you take that leap, yeah, Doc Rivers is that guy. So coming up, we'll talk about some of the negatives and some of the concerns with him too, and do those outweigh the other positive stuff that we've been talking about on today's show. All that coming up here in just a moment. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. You don't get this kind of coverage on a national uh, scale. You know, if you're if you're a Heat fan right now, you want to be listening to Locked On Heat because, frankly, the talk in the national media about that team is probably not right. I don't think so. So I've been tuning in there just to get a little bit more. Always subscribe to the local shows because we are the experts. We cover the team on a daily basis better than anywhere you're going to get in the national media. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I did manage to get most of what I've wanted to say into the show and talking about culture versus identity, talking about how that culture we've seen from what he's built with his words and actions and other things like that and just having a ton of this. Tweeted something out and someone said he's built a losing culture. Dude has a 58.1 winning percentage in the NBA and it's 63.1% with the Clippers over seven seasons. You don't win 63% of your games over seven seasons if you're not doing something right and building a winning culture. It's it's really that simple. He coached uh, 564 games with the Clippers and has won 63% of those. Is the playoff success not there? No, not even remotely. Did he? T- could you say to a degree that his tenure is a disappointment? Somewhat. I wouldn't go that far, but I wouldn't also say it's not either. You can accept all of that because when you look at this team, be realistic about where they are. They're not a title contender next year. They're probably not a title contender in two or three years. You have to take incremental steps and kind of work your way up. Doc Rivers can be that guy that helps you work your way up. You don't know that about some of the young assistant coaches. They could be, they could not be. I do trust though that Doc Rivers will be able to get you further and lead you in the right direction so far. But there are negatives with him. And some of the negatives came from this past season in the bubble where they were up 3-1 on the Denver Nuggets and completely collapsed. And a lot of that had to do with the rotations and inability to adjust as that series was slipping away from them. Montrez Harrell should not have been playing nearly as much as he did in that series after getting torched by Jokic both offensively and defensively. And Doc Rivers stubbornly stuck by him. And that's a big part of the reason they lost. Things like that. Paul George didn't do him any favors either. But yes, Doc Rivers did not coach well in that series. In fact, he has not coached well in the playoffs historically. He has more 3-1 collapses than any other coach in NBA history. And I think I saw a stat that he's lost more Game 7s than any other coach in NBA history too. That's not great. That's why I've said I don't know if he can be the guy that you win a title with. But again, be realistic about where this team is. It's not what they're doing the next couple of years. Get a little bit closer. And Doc Rivers is a known commodity that can do that. But no, will he get you over the hump? Probably not. Um, Like he is, yeah, exactly. There are tactical disadvantages there. But you know what? Offensively, defensively, when we go to that identity stuff, that is mostly built by your assistant coaches. That is not necessarily a head coach thing. You need a head coach to steer the ship, to point you in the right direction, to manage difficult situations without your team completely falling apart. Doug Rivers does all of that. Keep Chris Finch, let him run the offense. Do someone defense to do better defensively than Jeff Bizdelic did or keep Bizdelic. But you guys get what I'm saying. 
he doesn't have to take all of that. The identity can be led by someone else, but the culture can be built by Doc Rivers. Now, he was the president of basketball operations, GM, whatever you want to call him, with the Clippers for a number of years and was horrible at that job. That's why I said his coaching is almost more impressive in LA because he kept making terrible front office moves and not actually improving the team and making the team worse. Yet still kept winning, but you know what? If he wants to be in control, if he wants to just do things his way, it's not going to work here even remotely because that's not what Griffin is looking for. Now, he gave up those duties when he realized it wasn't working. They let Lawrence Frank run everything, and that was really freaking smart, or at least Lawrence Frank running it for a while, um, and then Jerry West really taking over too. That works. I think that's a really great thing, and you could see that working exceptionally well here in New Orleans, if he just focuses on coaching, but is he the type of coach that's going to take input for the front from the front office? That I do not know. That's a big problem. And that's why this might not work. And maybe they don't even look at that direction, though reportedly they have contacted Doc Rivers about the head coaching position immediately after this, according to Mark Spears of the undefeated in ESPN. So yes, that is a big problem. The inability to make adjustments is a big problem too. Frankly, when you saw that Clippers team fall apart and it looked like they had no chemistry on the court, that is not culture. That's chemistry. Again, difference here. That's due to load management, other things like that. They, they didn't do it right. It didn't work for them. They needed to have done it differently. That's plain as day to see. Maybe he learns from that. Maybe he realizes that like load management isn't the way to go with some of this stuff. So yeah, there are negatives and I get it. The not being able to get you over the hump, I think is, is a big thing. Like I said, I don't think he's necessarily the guy that you can win a title with. Like maybe sure, but I wouldn't put odds on that. And frankly, if you're looking at it where it's like doc rivers versus the field or other people who can win a title for you, I'm taking the field or another coach over doc rivers for it, but you're still going to get to the second round. If we lose in the second, if the Pelicans lose in the second round next season, you're thrilled about that. Doc rivers is capable of that. Other guys aren't. Or we don't know. And it's a risk. But for where this team needs to go in the direction they need to move into, I definitely think Doc Rivers can be the guy. And as I've said, I don't think there's a better leader in the NBA. I really do think it's as simple as that. And bringing him in to work with the young guys, he's never really coached that young of a roster other than those Orlando teams that overachieved. So that was pretty great to see. But you know what? I think it's worth taking the chance with Given the type of leader that he is, I think that's the type of guy you want steering the ship for Zion, for Brandon Ingram, for them to carry themselves as professionals and grow into the players that they want to be. Doc Rivers is a great guy for that. Big believer in this. We'll see, though. Pelicans have contacted him. This throws everything kind of wide open in the coaching search. We'll have more on that stuff tomorrow, I think, uh, as well as preview the NBA Finals since that's starting up, too. Um, and I talked a little bit about it yesterday, but I want to do a deep dive on some of that. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. So a lot more to come in the week. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, download the DoorDash app. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA for uh, $5 off and zero delivery fees, as well as go to rockauto.com for all auto parts you may need use the pro, uh, don't put promo code because we don't have one just put locked on in the how did you hear about us box and they know we sent you uh so thank you all for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with you all tomorrow <laughs>